Welcome to the LifeCast. We hope that you find this ministry of New Life Assembly of God as an encouragement to you. You will hear messages and lessons in God's Word by our staff and special guests. Enjoy the podcast. If you have your Bible and you want to turn there, or if you want to follow on a device, or you prefer a Bible but you didn't bring yours, there's, we have Bibles under some of the chairs. They're on a rack there. In fact, if you don't own a Bible, I want you to know that you can take one of those Bibles out and you take it with you. You open that up, put your name in it. It's yours. It's a gift to you. His Word is a gift to all of us. Uh, I don't want you to be without a Bible if you don't have one. Uh, You take that. Yeah. You make it your own. That's what they're there for. We replenish those. We uh, We want you to have access to His Word. Matthew chapter 11, we're going to start there and uh, for these brief moments as we look at his scripture, we pray that and hope that it, uh, we would just open our ears and let God speak to all of us and drop things into your heart, into your life that have great impact and shape you and transform you. That's what his word does for us and Matthew chapter 11, we're going to read verses 25 through 30, Uh, probably the key verse there that we're going to look at this morning um, is verse 28. It says, at that time Jesus declared, okay, so if you're going to read in your Bible these letters, the following words here, letters might be in red, because Jesus declared this, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding. I want to pause there and just make a comment. Um, I'm thankful for people who are experts. They, under, they have great understanding. Uh, they can have wonderful knowledge. But we also need to admit that even if we're a person who has great understanding or great knowledge or we feel like we have a measure of great intellect, I want you to know that doesn't make you the smartest person in the room. He is. And there are things that the Father in heaven has hidden even from those who have great understanding. So if you rely on your prowess and intellect to a great extent and you feel like you're really smart and smarter than most people, we are grateful for you. Um, But don't think that you have it all figured out. There are things that you don't know because you have relied upon your gift and you have relied upon your hard work and diligence to study but there are some things that can be hidden from you that you do not understand. And so I want to remind you when it comes to God and there's things that you may not understand, don't dismiss them. Maybe get close to him so that they don't remain hidden to you and that he can reveal them to you. Thank you. Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding, now watch this, and reveal them to little children. (laughs) 
I guess the question is, are you smarter than a third grader? <laughs> or a fifth grader? In the mouths of babes, right? There's things we learn. <clears throat> yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me, Jesus said. Everything's been handed over to him by the Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Listen to this. He makes an invitation, and the invitation still stands. He says, come to me. All who labor, all who labor, Mariah, sorry honey, but you're going to labor. Come to me, all who labor, work, who bear a burden, a heavy burden, he says. And he says, I will give you what? I will give you rest. Turn to the person next to you around and say, he will give you rest. If you come to him. Say that, don't forget that. If you come to him. If you come to him, he will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What is biblical rest? Now, this is not for anyone to take encouragement if you are lazy if you don't work. The kind of rest that is biblical is rest with a purpose. Rest for a purpose. You see, when we hear biblical rest, your mind might quickly assume and uh, what you think that looks like, what that is, what that means for you. Maybe our mind's thought isn't completely accurate on what God calls rest. Some might term it right away with, uh, what is a Sabbath? And um, what is a Sabbath or what is a biblical rest? Um, it has to do with peace. has to do with ease. has to do with refreshment. For us. Um, I want us to look at this idea of rest or peace or ease or refreshment. I want us to look at a scripture here that Jesus, um, he says this in John 14, uh, verse 27, he says, and watch this, peace I leave with you, hear the word leave, he leaves it. He leaves it with you. Doesn't pack it up and take it with him. And he's the Prince of Peace. He leaves it with you. It's in your possession. 
If you're running around saying, I, I lack peace, I, I just don't have peace, I just, I'm struggling, I don't have peace, well, understand that he left it with you. Maybe keep it readily available in your life. I hate it when I can't find a tool that I need or that makes the job easier. How many of you ever use a tool for something other than what it was meant for? Yeah. The tip of your butter knife is bent because you used it as a screwdriver. Yeah. I don't know how it is that every time I go in and get a butter knife, that's the one I get. I don't know how it just... If it's a reminder... We have since relocated the miscellaneous butter knives to another part of the drawer, so why don't we just have the good ones here. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not peace like the world gives you. Now, the, the peace that comes from the world is the absence of conflict, the absence of trouble, and in those moments we say, oh, everything's peaceful. No circumstance right now is causing inner turmoil or the absence of peace. Jesus says, I, I, I give you a peace, not like the world gives you. I mean, if we only have peace when there's no conflict, I'm guessing that our soul will be wrapped up with anxiety, worry, and trouble most of our life. Because there's always stuff going on. Right? Big stuff, small stuff. Enough to distract us, enough that it creates a little anxiety or dissatisfaction in our life. He says, listen, I don't give you peace like the world gives you. Then he says this. So the peace I give you is better than the world's. It's different. So don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. You and I can have a peace in the middle of whatever's going on in our life that's trying to rob us. That we have a peace that he left with us. And this peace that we have is a peace that we can live in while we're going through stuff in the middle of a conflict. Let me ask you, what is the use of having peace when there's no conflict? You understand that? What, what, what's the purpose? Why, why do I walk around with a screwdriver if I don't need it? The moment that there's conflict is the moment that I need peace. Otherwise, I just carry it around like an accessory. A piece that takes away a troubledness that we feel in our heart and a piece, a rest that we have within us that our heart doesn't grow sick or fail to what our mind is tempted to believe or think rather than our mind being stayed upon the gift of peace that Jesus Christ has given to us in the middle of whatever we face. 
so that we don't have to be fearful. That we don't have to be fearful. That we don't have to be fearful. Do you need help spelling that, Mariah? I knew you know how to spell it. I just wanted to get your attention. Philippians 4, 7, it says this, and the peace of God, these are familiar verses to you. This is like a reminder to many of you. But, but don't, don't turn them off this morning because there might be something said here shortly that might impact you and that you didn't connect together yet. <laughs> no, no, it's not me. Other people are going, it's not mine. The noise is over here. It's in my purse, but it's not mine. No. Those of you at home, we heard a really cool tune on somebody's phone go off if you didn't hear it. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, peace of God, the rest of God, the peace that he leaves with us, that he gives to us, the proof that it is for when we are in something that would rob us of peace, of mind, of soul, something that could create fear. It says, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. How in the world could you ever have peace in the middle of what you're going through? How does that person seem so at ease, so restful within themselves, in their state of mind, their attitude, their outlook, and yet the circumstances around them that are affecting their life, how in the world could they ever have peace? There's no way I can grasp that or understand that. There's no way that it makes sense. See, that's the peace that we have been given that surpasses the understanding of how we could ever have peace in what we're going through. A rest, at ease. That in the middle of that, we could be refreshed. Do you know when you need refreshment? When you're partway through the marathon. You see the people standing there with the cups? Take mine. Refresh yourself as you are running the race. The peace of God which passes human understanding. You know what it does? It says it in the verse. That peace that passes understanding will guard, guard, protect, right? Guard you. Protect you. Stand at attention. Not leave their post. Not gone. Present. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Where is it that we lose our peace? It's in, it's in the midst of our thoughts, right? About something that's going on. Or sometimes it's our thoughts about something that's not even going on. We are anticipating. We are forecasting. And if you are, your tendency is to be negative or down or a, a darkness or under the cloud all the time. See, the peace that passes human understanding, how in the world can you have it and yet be in the middle of 
going through what you're going through because he gives a peace not like the world gives. And so you don't have to be troubled in your heart. You don't have to let your thoughts be a runaway train. You find the peace that he's left with you at your home, in your life, for you. Find it. You look for a tool when you need it. Pick up the gift he's left you of peace. And it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You see, here, here's the key on what knowing what a Sabbath is. We think of it as just this, this holy day of rest. And Jesus was the Lord of the Sabbath. He, did, he gave people Sabbaths on days that weren't Sabbath. He brought healing to people on the Sabbath and other days. Because the Sabbath is no Sabbath for anybody. If you are carrying a heavy burden, it is with you every day. You don't get to go through the calendar and bear it, you know, for six days, and then Saturday comes, the Sabbath, and, you, and the burden goes, oh, I can't touch you. I'll wait for you. On Sunday morning, I'm going to hit you again. Now, there's no Sabbath for anybody. If you're carrying heavy burden, he's the Lord of the Sabbath. He says if we come to him, he's going to give us rest. The key is learning to rest inside in the midst of trouble or in the midst of something that's unknown that you and I can have anxiety about. I'm going to label it as a soul Sabbath, which is a state of being. Every day. Not one day a week. A soul Sabbath. That is, even though there's things that are going on in my life, your life, that our soul could actually be at ease and at rest in the middle of what's going on. It's not a trick. It's found in Christ, and He is the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the one of rest and peace. He's the one that says, come to me. All you who are really burdened, laboring. We labor over stuff. It's not just physical work. The 8-hour, 10-hour, 12-hour day, that can be over with until tomorrow. But the stuff that's going on inside us, it's present. It's constant. It's continual. No break. And the peace that Jesus brings, this rest, is that I can be in the middle of this, you can be in the middle of this, and the state of your person and being based on Christ is at ease. How do you do this? The discipline of being with him and being in his presence. You and I cannot do this without him. You know, have you ever been stressed out about something going on? 
some circumstance, maybe it's a, I don't know, whatever, something needs fixing in your life or some material thing or relationship or a decision or meeting, whatever, whatever it is that's got you all wrapped up and strung out and whatever. Have you ever gone to somebody and you're just like, you're kind of fuming or you're just spilling out and all you can do is talk about this thing that's going on and you're just letting it out and you're really upset about it. I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's controlling us, but man, it's like we just lose our grip a little bit on life and outlook. And you're telling this person and they go, and they're just real calm and peaceful about it and they go, well, that's no problem. I, I can help you with that. That's no problem. I, I can fix that. You know, I, I have my mechanical limitations. I know where they're at. I can do some things. But the list of the things that I'm not capable of doing is much longer. And so I call my guy who knows stuff, has a greater capacity for mechanical repair. And I'm like, hey, I don't know what's going on. This is this. It makes this noise, blah, blah, blah. You ever do that on the phone? It sounds like this, and you try to make them put that. So do you know what that is? <laughs> yeah. You know, you're like, ah. And they just go, well, listen, don't worry about it. I'll figure that out. I, I can fix that. And all of a sudden, you're <laughs> hyperventilating, worried. It just kind of goes, oh. They're calm about it. They have a confidence that this, is, this, is in, this isn't insurmountable. Just, hey, we'll get to it. No problem. I used to really panic about that stuff. Ah, panic. Yeah, I'd have some stress. I wouldn't show panic, but it was going on inside. I do so much better now. My truck was sitting out here in the lot for a few days. <laughs> it's like, hey, pastor's really working overtime. <laughs> Possible, but that had nothing to do with my truck sitting out there. I had to call my guy. He's like, yeah, we'll figure this out. Yeah, we'll And be pretty much at ease. It's going to get fixed. Not insurmountable. Had the peace. Still in the circumstance. Still without my truck. I had somebody come this morning and go, Oh, I didn't know you were here. I didn't see your big yellow truck in the parking lot. <laughs> uh, I'm here. I'm here. You see... What Jesus is saying is, you don't have to, we don't, don't let us have to scrape you off the ceiling because the anxiety is so high and the fear is so high and all the unknown. And it just, he says, hey, 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 I'm here. I, I give you peace. It's greater than your circumstance. You don't have to come, you don't have to come unglued. You can be at ease. Even when you don't know the answer yet. 
Or in your mind, you can't quite figure it out. You can be at ease. You can have a Sabbath state of mind. It doesn't mean that you don't work. It doesn't mean that you don't contribute. It doesn't mean that you don't have some motion or activity at time. But our soul is not fearful. Our heart is not troubled. And one of the keys to getting there is being in His presence. We see it in Scripture when Jesus came, uh, incarnate, took on you know, human likeness. It says that He withdrew where? To lonely places to be with His Father in heaven. He would go and pray. He would talk with His Father. He would be refreshed. He would, you know, fellowship with God that He, you know, uh, his father, and, and out of his life, Jesus flowed with every goodness of God, with perfection and without sin. The key is not being lonely. The key, the key is purposely being lonely. Lonely for a purpose. To be with God, to be in his presence, to remember who he is. So that when we turn and walk away into our life, we don't forget who He is. He gives us peace and we take it with us as we walk back into the reality of circumstances in this life. You know the interesting thing about Jesus when He went to the lonely places with His Father is He didn't, he didn't bring a cell phone. Well, of course not. They didn't have him back then. Ah, you mean he got along without it? Oh. Yeah, but I have my Bible on there. Uh, here, I'll, I'll, I can give you one. I'm fine with the Bible. Be it. I have, a, I have a, a, one or two Bible apps on my phone. But, but when we go away to be alone with him, that phone does not allow you to be alone. You can say what you want. You could, that, that thing is going to go bling or whatever sound app you've got on there. <laughs> My wife has one that sounds like you're pulling the slide on a handgun. I'm the one that should have that. <laughs> Not little Sue, you know, baking and homemaker and sweet. I should have that. <laughs> you know. Bling. You, you, you're tempted to look. I silence mine. I silence mine, but I also have this thing that flashes. Let's me know what's going off. And... You have that thing, you're in your pocket, or everyone, you're just tempted to pick it out out of habit because it's become like a an part of our an apparatus, an extension of our body. And the world can get a hold of you. Yeah, but but what if somebody calls me? Oh, I want you to know that I'm old enough to know 
what it is to be of the era before cell phones. We still made it to emergencies. Somehow, some way. We, we got there. We, we, managed, we, we actually managed without it. I know what it is to have my phone. I know what it is to, you know, get up in the morning, and is it one of the first things I'm reaching for? How about you? Any message? How many of you have grabbed your phone and you realize there's no message, no missed call, no text message, so you move on down the list to, I don't know, Instagram, Facebook, some social network app, meme, whatever they are, some, you know... You ever been alone with the Lord, but something's distracting you? Listen, I don't need the cell phone to distract me when I'm alone with the Lord. I, Randy's still there. I, I, I can distract myself unintentionally. But why would I carry with me the whole access to my contacts and world to be interrupted when this is my Father's time? You want peace? It's about being in his presence. And it's where you go to a lonely place. Don't bring your contacts with you. Leave them over there with your disciples who follow you. You go off. It's with a purpose. It's with a purpose. Yeah, but there's scripture verses on my phone. Yeah, I understand. Use that later. You want peace? You want to be reminded who he is? You want to remember his size and grandeur and that he is the Almighty? And be with him. So that when you turn around, you actually realize the size of your mountains and circumstance and what you face. Remember who he is because you were with him. Here's an interesting thing that you can somehow gauge the measure of ease and rest and peace that you have in your life. Here's a way that you can, can help you assess it and measure it. The proof of a restful soul, mind, will, emotions, operating system within us, the proof of a restful soul is revealed in how obedient we are to Christ. Because if we are good and at peace with him and we really trust him and we really trust his word to the point that we're going to obey it rather than my scheming, my thoughts, somebody else's opinion. When I do this and I obey him, that means that I have enough trust in him and faith in him that I can relax inside no matter what we face. Obedience is the proof that we love him, right? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey him. Obedience, we love him. Obedience, we trust him. Love always trusts. And so if I'm obeying, 
I don't have to have anxiety because I trust that when he gives me peace, he gives me peace. And it works. He works. If we are not obedient to him, then our rest and being at ease is going to be a struggle. Because we don't really love him and trust him like we think we do. The proof that we love him and trust him and the measure of having peace and a Sabbath state of soul has to do with our obedience. Now, we're adults, most of us in this room. We don't like anybody to tell us what to do. I'm going to tell you something. If we don't operate with obedience in our life, it is very dangerous for us. I want to be free. I live in America. God set us free. He set us free to become what we should. And we will never become what he has purposed or what we should become without obedience. Obey somebody in your life. Make sure it's the right voice, it's the right thing, it's a boss, it's, it's a spouse, it's, a, it's somebody, it's a parent, it's a teacher. I'm telling you, if you live a life where you don't have to obey anybody, your soul's in jeopardy. It is not healthy for you. You call it freedom. It is not freedom. You are running wild. And you will get off track. And you will change the standards. And you will change the, the guards in your life. Obey somebody. It is good for you. And it is hard. And it will agitate you. And your flesh won't like it. Well, hallelujah. Your flesh is not supposed to like the things of the Spirit. Smile at the person next to you and say, oh, this is really good for me. <laughs> well, I just obey the Lord. Well, if you do, this is chock full of you better obey some people in your life. What? You better know the Word better. Submitting ourselves one to the other. The proof of a restful soul is revealed in our measure of obedience. If we obey, we love him. If we obey, we trust him. If we obey, it's proof that his word and following it and living according to it, that's the priority over my own ideas somebody else's, any justification, any manipulation of his word to suit my desire. See, at that moment, I want you to know that you are going to try to operate in circumstantial peace, and that is not the peace that he has ever ordained for you. It is a peace that he gives in the middle of trouble that is useful in who we are in all of life in the absence and the presence of conflict. It will remove fear from you. If you are fearful, then you're not really trusting him. If you're fearful, how much are we really loving him? We have sentiment, but let's face it, sentiment alone is not love. Right? 
Oh, Sue, I love you. Oh, I love you. I feel so much for you. Oh, baby. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, just come here. I want to hold you. Oh, honey. Oh, sugar. You're so great. I'm so glad I married you. Oh, you're just... Mm. She's going to say, thanks, that all sounds good. Now, could you take the trash out? Could you empty the dishwasher so that when I get home... That stuff's done, and I can jump into my next task and what I need to do to accomplish. You did that? Oh, Randy. Mm. <laughs> you, you do love me, you big stud. <laughs> That's not really how we talk at home. <laughs> The proof is in the living. The sentiment is great. It nourishes part of our soul. But the words become empty when there's no proof of action in the state of mind that we are in Him. Don't, be, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. He's given you peace. He leaves it with you. Check your obedience to him at every turn. Every inner thought, every inner motive. Obey him. The more you obey, the more you're going to live at peace. I got to get peace. I want peace. I got to figure this out. I got to... Uh, just go and be in his presence first. If you choose to be obedient in your life. And when you walk through circumstances, he has given you peace. He's given you a Sabbath state of mind in the middle of your trouble. It doesn't mean that you don't act. It doesn't mean that you don't take action. It doesn't remove faithfulness of t- doing our part. Listen, uh, Bible's chock full, just for a moment. Would you remember Noah? They didn't, they didn't know what, what really what rain was at that point. And, and God told Noah to build this really big boat, ark. He builds it. People think, he, people think he's crazy. It doesn't make sense. It surpasses their understanding. Well, the hugest storm that earth will have ever seen was that day. God promised never to destroy the earth again by flood. It was the hugest of storms. Noah because he was righteous and honored God, and even in the midst of ridicule and in the midst of human understanding, he obeyed God. And do you know what he had during the largest storm upon earth? He's in the ark. He was at rest in the middle of a storm. He was at peace. He was taking refreshment. 
because he obeyed. In the equivalency of his obedience, he found peace. And that's the peace that he has packaged in Jesus and has given you. He packaged it in Jesus. And he came. And that's what he gives you. And it cost him everything. It's an expensive gift. You can't go anywhere else and get it. And do you know what unwraps it? Faith that leads to obedience. Stand with me. As your friend and pastor, and I know some of you are a stranger and some I know better than others, I get it. But, but today, in the worst way, I want you, you, every one of you, every one of you at home, watching, I want you to know the Lord like this. I would rather have you have this than to be scholarly. I would rather you have this than, than other gifts and talents. I, I would rather you, you realize this gift because it was going to help you. He is going to help you. You can eat this. You can feast on this. You can nourish yourself with this to sustain you in this life. And when that happens, other people come and eat off of that fruit in our life, like your children. You get to set the pace. You get to set the course for them. Your co-workers, strangers. Come to him, spend time in his presence, and he will give you rest. That doesn't mean just always flop on your bed and okay. Sometimes it means that. But it's come to him, be with him, abandon the crowd. Being alone does not just qualify, it's being alone with a purpose. They think I retreat to my room to always take a nap. And from time to time, I might snore. I'm awake in that room. I'm not alone. Mariah, I want you to have so much peace in your soul. Because I want your baby to pick up on it. Not pick up on, Mama's stressed out. 
I haven't even seen her yet. She's just stressed out. I don't know. I want to come out. Let that baby feed, feed off restful soul Sabbath mama. I want you to have this because you're going to face all kinds of troubles. It's not prophetic doom. It's just the side of eternity. It, it rains on all of us. But he is with you. And he will not leave you. And he will not forsake you. Obey him. And you will have perfect peace. To obey him, our mind has to know him and what he calls us to, what he calls us to become. When we think about those things as priority in our life, it, it is his word that reveals that to us. He who keeps his mind stayed on thee, he grants perfect peace. Just do this. Close your eyes and go. This is not some trick. This is not some Eastern woo-woo. I just want you to close your eyes and just go, man, this is so true this morning. This is word. This is who Jesus is. I need to just go. I'm going to the person who can fix it. So I don't have to act like a panicking nutcase. We all have the potential to go there. This, this, it's more important than money. <laughs> it's more important. Well, Pastor, we need to have money. Well, friend, you can have money, but if you don't have any peace, your money won't save you. Thanks for joining us on the LifeCast. It is a ministry of New Life Assembly of God in Sparta, Wisconsin. If you are ever in the area, we would enjoy the opportunity of meeting you. Until then, remember, God is for you, not against you.